Hello, and welcome back to another episode on Security Clearance Appeals. And today we're going to focus on the Adjudicative Guidelines, Guideline D, Sexual Behavior. This is your host, Attorney Alan Edmonds. I have been licensed to practice law in the federal courts for over 46 years. And as many of you know, I handle national security cases through our five locations across the United States for both active duty and DOD employees, as well as contractors. We are delighted to help you and take your calls. Uh, Many of our episodes that appear on these podcasts are a result of calls or emails that you uh, send me with invaluable questions. My function here is to uh, share with you some experience and education that I have obtained and uh, based on my success and based on my research and knowledge of this area of law. The DOD directive or the adjudicative guidelines are promulgated so that the United States interests are protected uh, from people that are high risk or might be susceptible to uh, coercion uh, from a third party or a third world agent. And uh, that's a very real concern of the federal government. We've discussed this before. You do not have a constitutional right to a clearance. A clearance is a privilege, and the rules and regulations clearly are in favor of the federal government when a case is difficult to discern, meaning both sides have compelling arguments. The administrative law judges in these cases will routinely uh, decide in favor of the government. And again, they're looking at individuals that could be vulnerable to coercion, exploitation, or duress, and uh, or individuals that have shown a pattern of compulsive, self-destructive behavior, or individuals that are high-risk sexual uh, behavior and unable to control or stop it. So today's uh, episode is... Um, is a little bit spicy, and uh, I have handled virtually every type of case under uh, sexual behavior, and um, I am going to be discussing some very frank issues and very frank fact patterns that have actually uh, been presented to me, <clears throat> and I have taken these cases to trial before not only administrative law judges, but also uh, panels at the three-letter agencies the CIA, the FBI, NSA, to name a few. And um, I presented these cases. Everybody's entitled to have representation. And I've cautioned you and actually warned you not to go into a hearing without an experienced attorney with a track record of favorable decisions. Some of these uh, agencies and some of the judges are absolutely... uh, uh, mean-spirited, to say the least, and uh, sometimes uh, create a very, very difficult situation for an applicant who has opened himself up, so to speak, at these hearings and agreed to take questions and agreed to take cross-examination from the uh, department counsel or U.S. attorneys 
And in so doing, it becomes humiliating. And the judges often uh, are not there to protect the applicant at all. In fact, some of the judges and some of the hearing officers that I have been in front of over the last 45 years, and that includes some of the military judges, are uh, anything less uh, or anything (laughs) more than compassionate. In any event, we get uh, back to guideline D, sexual behavior. I extend the invitation on every uh, podcast. If you have questions, call me at 800-481-2526. Our law firm has over 34 videos on YouTube under Edmunds Law. And we have uh, ongoing podcasts, which are posted weekly, sometimes more than one a week, uh, to Spotify and other platforms. So I hope you'll avail yourself of that information. Sexual behavior can come in a variety of uh, presentations, and the government has not shown any reluctance to uh, use this for some very mild deviant behavior to, to some extreme behavior. Um, I make no or take no position on uh, behavior that the government alleges. I represent my client. I try and present them in their best light, and we have won some very, very difficult cases, and uh, we don't win them all. Uh, But from um, cases that involve pornography, cases that involve um, alternate lifestyles, and that would include um, societies where sexual behavior is <clears throat> open and uh, without restraint. I'm not just talking about married couples that exchange partners, but I'm talking about actual clubs across the United States that engage in all kinds of sexual practices. And um, they do so in a private forum, but uh, the behaviors are without limitation. I've taken a case like that recently to an extended uh, three-day hearing before an administrative law judge, and uh, the behavior was extreme. And we have seen just about every possible type of behavior under sexual behavior that can be presented. I've also represented individuals that had um, sex with Uh, farm animals. I've had individuals that have had uh, sex with uh, underage people, um, and there's no restriction or limit to the types of behavior that people can engage in, and uh, they nevertheless want to get a security clearance, and they come to my law firm. I get referred most of the difficult cases from other law firms, and uh, I take them to court, and Surprisingly, sometimes I've been very successful with some very, very difficult cases. So I don't want you to think that um, if you have a difficult case or you engaged in behavior years ago, that you are precluded or locked out of getting a security clearance. That's not the case. I can't promise a security clearance, nor can I guarantee it. No attorney should or could. So you have to be very careful. Uh, and ask the right questions of the attorney to see if uh, this case is even worth litigating or bringing forward. Uh, 
So let's turn to guideline D. Guideline D says uh, the concern is sexual behavior that involves a criminal offense. So let's stop there. We haven't finished the sentence. A criminal offense would be that you have been um, cited by some local law enforcement for a public display of uh, sexual nature, such as individuals that uh, expose themselves uh, to other people uh, in public. Uh, criminal offenses could be uh, child abuse or sexual abuse of a minor. Uh, criminal offenses could be uh, sexual exploitation of minors. So there's a whole gamut of uh, sexual offenses under the criminal codes uh, from state to state. But I've just given you uh, an overview of some of them. It goes on to say sexual behavior that involves a criminal offense or reflects a lack of judgment or discretion. And again, this could be something like a couple having sex at a drive-in movie and uh, out in public or in their car and the police come upon them and they arrest them in a very compromising position. Um, but the government says that the concern is that the individual is susceptible to undue influence or coercion or exploitation. And what the government is saying there is that if there's a third party that knows about uh, deviant sexual behavior and they're holding it over your head and they're saying to you, uh, let me have classified material or I'm going to expose you and your partner or let me into uh, secured spaces such as a skiff or I'm going to expose you or your partner to the authorities or to your employer. And uh, what the concern is that these behaviors may raise questions about an individual's judgment, reliability, and trustworthiness, and the ability to protect sensitive information. So the sexual behavior under guideline D includes conduct occurring in person or via audio. Now, let me tell you about a new class of cases that I'm getting, and that is people that receive uh, emails from women <clears throat> overseas, usually the Philippines. And <clears throat> these uh, emails are very salacious, and uh, they solicit from the security clearance holder in the United States, uh, a relationship that they can have and they ask to exchange intimate photographs. And uh, I have had several male clients that have sent photographs of themselves unclothed to these purported women in the Philippines or other countries only to have them subsequently receive a letter attempting to exploit cash or money from them and exposing the pictures if the cash or the money is not forthcoming. You might think that that is an unusual situation, but it's not. And our law firm has handled many of those cases where uh, bribery or exploitation is the goal of one of the parties and the innocent party <clears throat> is sending compromising pictures of themselves 
hoping to get pictures of the other party back that are uh, nudes or whatever. And instead they get a demand letter for money. So that's the kind of behavior that can occur. So it can be uh, behavior in person, behavior via audio, visual, electronic, or written submission. So frequently you'll find that people have sent very um, intimate, revealing photos of themselves over the Internet, or they post them to certain websites. And you should understand that if those pictures are available to be printed or transmitted, um, they can be the type of conduct that the government will attempt to revoke or deny a clearance under guideline D. So then we get into the guideline and it says in paragraph 13 under guideline D, it says conditions that could raise a security concern and may be disqualifying include sexual behavior of a criminal nature, whether or not the individual has been prosecuted. And this is important because many people call me and say, well, I was charged with this crime. I was charged with this crime. I was with a a woman who I didn't know was a prostitute, and it was a sting operation. And uh, <clears throat> I got arrested, but I never got prosecuted. The case got dropped. And they think that because the case was not uh, brought to a conviction, that guideline D won't apply. It will apply. And uh, that type of case... Uh, especially in the Washington, D.C. area, is very, very common. Um, Then we go on to a pattern of compulsive, self-destructive behavior, high-risk sexual behavior that an individual is unable to stop. And the most common allegation under this is child pornography. If you're watching child pornography and you've got underage children of tender years and you can't stop looking at that, uh, and the government finds out about it, and the way they find out about it is because an ex-spouse will tell them, an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend will tell the government, um, or they'll find it on your government computer or your laptop. And as soon as they do, they file a statement of reasons. We've discussed this in earlier episodes. That's an SOR. And it's the first step in revoking or denying a clearance. And suddenly you're confronted with guideline D, sexual behavior. You should know that this is a allegation that judges dislike. It is so explosive and it deals with such outrageous behavior that judges have a knee-jerk reaction to this uh, guideline. We have been successful. We have won cases but it takes a tremendous amount of mitigating evidence. And uh, But anyway, back to uh, a pattern of behavior that you're unable to stop, that would cause uh, the government to come after the clearance. Then paragraph 14 under the directive deals with conditions that could mitigate security concerns. And one is that the behavior occurred Uh, During adolescence or when you were really a young person, you were doing things, um, watching things or engaging in sexual activity when you were 
uh, 10 to 13 years of age. Um, 14B says the sexual behavior happened so long ago. I recently took a case before a three-letter agency, and I really expected that it would be an unfavorable decision, but uh, my client was passionate about trying. Uh, It involved um, sexual behavior, including uh, prostitution and escorts. He was an active-duty military member, but the behavior uh, happened over seven years ago. I presented the case, and we had great mitigation. We had his uh, fitness reports, and we had other evidence. We, we use about 17 different benchmarks for evidence in these cases. And lo and behold, I uh, received a favorable decision from an agency that is extremely uh, tight and uh, puritanical, in my opinion. But they found that my client had rehabilitated. They found that there was no recidivism. He hadn't repeated the behavior in a long time, and they granted his clearance. So, and that gets into 14C, which is the behavior no longer serves as a basis of coercion. And how does that happen? Well, the behavior has already been treated. It's been treated by therapy. Uh, It's been treated by rehabilitation. It's been treated by um, a supporting uh, spouse or family member. In other words, everybody knows about it, and uh, they've come alongside the individual, be a man or a woman, and they've helped him in recovery. And uh, so, therefore, it's no longer uh, current or relevant because of the passage of time. And finally, we have uh, an interesting uh, mitigating factor, which is D under paragraph 14, the sexual behavior is strictly private, consensual, and discreet. Well, that's an interesting section, and it's wide open to interpretation. It seems to invite the argument that if you do things behind closed doors and you have two consenting adults, that it's okay. So what could that be? Well, perhaps that could be a... Uh, instance of adultery when uh, two married uh, people married to other people meet and have a liaison. Uh, It may be watching adult pornography in private. It may be looking at photographs or doing things in private. And um, that 14D is a difficult mitigating factor for uh, judges to adopt. And then 14E is the individual has successfully completed an appropriate program of treatment. And this gets you into a trial practice issue. This gets you into finding the correct expert for your client. And uh, our law firm has experts across the United States for guideline D cases, which is uh, sexual behavior. We have... um, experts for criminal cases, alcohol cases, and drug cases. And we use them because it's very, very powerful if you get the right expert. If you get the wrong expert, even the judge will attack their credentials. And some attorneys have taken the wrong expert into trial, and the expert got destroyed, not by the government attorney in cross-examination, but by the judge 
the judge question their credentials. And when he does that and he finds out that the expert is really not an expert, he gives very little weight, if any at all, to their testimony and their reports. And you're right back to square one. And now the attorney that brought that expert into court has a lot of explaining to do to his client because they've obviously spent money to get the expert involved in the case. They've spent money to get an expert report. And then they've spent money to have the expert testify, whether it's virtually or in person. And uh, it's uh, humiliating, to say the least, to have the expert's uh, total testimony uh, thrown out or given very little weight. So these cases of sexual behavior, they can be won. That's the good news. Um, They are being used with greater frequency because of uh, adult pornography uh, is growing uh, at an incredible rate. There's a lot of counterculture sexual practices that are being uh, experienced today. literally hundreds if not thousands of people are joining clubs and engaging in sexual practices that might be argued would fall under 14d which is sexual behavior is strictly private consensual and discreet but all of these things are on the vanguard they're they're at the forefront of brand new lifestyles and the judges and the hearing officers Uh, have a difficult time understanding and grasping that. It takes an incredibly uh, strong advocate in your attorney to convince and show proof of uh, behaviors that traditionally were not accepted, but today they are. I mean, we're at a time when uh, the Congress and the Senate have uh, finally passed uh, legislation concerning same-sex marriage. Before that, in the military, uh, homosexuality was totally uh, and completely disallowed and would be an instant grounds for removal from the military. Fast forward 20 years, and that is no longer the case. So this is attorney Alan Edmonds. I uh, welcome your questions about uh, guideline D or any other adjudicative guidelines. We are going to continue to go through the adjudicative guidelines. When I get great questions from you folks, I'm going to turn them into a podcast so that we can share the experience and the knowledge. And I hope you'll call us 800-481-2526 or visit us at YouTube under Edmonds Law or Spotify Edmonds Law. Thank you very much.